At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella Lombicure, the World Messenger, and I'm, again, super excited to host and have another epic legacy leader show. This time, I have an absolute someone that I not only admire, but follow, and I can't tell you and stress enough how important it is to actually have his time available to share so much value with us today. Michael Lane is joining us from Sydney, Australia. He is a serial entrepreneur who has been uh, starting nine businesses and actually one of the businesses being listed in Australian Stock Exchange. He is managing and creating over 1.75 billion in sales through his businesses. And he's been uh, conducting over 560 joint ventures alone. And he's been a part of Infinity Group that is playing and valued around 1.7 billion. Australian dollars. And of course, Michael is being amazing philanthropist, uh, great giver, great supporter, uh, be able to pivot very, very effectively situation pre-COVID and post-COVID. And the best part about Michael, not only he works with best such as Tony Robbins, Greg Cardone, Sarah Blakey, um, Barbara Kirkon, and Gary Vaynerchuk, Sir Richard Branson, and many others, but he is such a down-to-earth, extremely helpful, uh, and words that you, if you did not have a chance to hear, you need to hear now. Michael, please welcome. How are you? I'm fantastic. I feel so much more empowered by your your beautiful intro. So, thank you very much. It's great to be on the show, and uh, I look forward to spending some time together and hopefully uh, sharing some wisdom, some truths, and uh, you know, empowering your audience. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much because people need more than that, uh, than ever, right? The power of empowerment and the truth so that they can navigate these challenging, difficult times. Right now you're in Australia, parts of Australia, it's still in lockdown, the other one it's not. I mean, it's just it's just a little country like Australia, it's being so severely affected. Do you mind just sharing a little bit your perspective what is going on right now during the COVID and, and from your standpoint, uh, and then we can expand on global scale? Yeah, look, for me, it's, you know, what an unbelievable time. Um, you know, my heart goes out to so many people around the world who are experiencing hardship, whether you've been uh, impacted directly or indirectly, it's impacted everyone. I don't care who you are. I mean, Australia, we've been quite lucky because we're so far away and we're a, we're a country surrounded by water. We don't have other neighboring countries. Um, we could just lock the border and it definitely helped. Um, however, you know, we're seeing huge amounts of expats come back from wherever they were in the world to Australia. And when they were coming back, they kept bringing COVID back. So, you know, today we have only two new cases today in the whole country, uh, but that's in, uh, in Melbourne, a particular area of, of Australia. But look, we're, we've, we've done pretty well considering um, but the world has completely changed. We, you know, the way we look at the, the world, the way we interact with the world, the way we serve the world 
has to change and it has changed. And if it hasn't for people, then it will continue to do so. So, you know, unprecedented times, as we all know. Um, but here's the thing. My business was heavily affected by the COVID situation. You know I mean, um, 2019, 525 events in 37 countries. That's a, an event happening, 10 of them a week somewhere on the planet. To then stop and have zero events massively impacted us. But here's the thing. We were never in the business of running more seminars than anyone else. We're in the business of changing people's lives. And if you can't do that via a seminar, you can now do that virtually. So I've been very lucky and grateful to be able to pivot and move our business that way. But my heart goes out to many, many people who couldn't just pivot and, 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 and deliver their product in a different way. So unprecedented times, but you know, times where we need to continue to look at what our mission is and move towards completing that now under the circumstances that we all have to endure. Beautiful. And I see you being very active in Clubhouse and then different platforms behind the scene and sharing so much value and being this kind of uh, not only comfort and, and voice of reason, but also as you go, as you're shifting, as you're changing, sharing things in real time, which I think is extremely important. And we're blessed that we have a chance to really hear you because people are sometimes paralyzed, right? And it doesn't matter what stage in the business you might be because everything's kind of crumbling around you and people see more obstacles instead of solution. Mm -hmm. And it is so wonderful to see you being part of the solution, Michael. So kudos. Thank you. I appreciate the, the acknowledgement you know, Clubhouse, wow, what an amazing platform to be able to continue to deliver my, mes my mes message or my mission, right? So um, for, the, for the audience listening, if you don't know what Clubhouse is, you know, Google it. This thing's, this thing's not going to go away. This is going to be an iconic social media platform and where, you know, I'm dabbling in it um, and, and trying to, you know, better understand the platform for a longer term play. But um, way to be able to continue to share our message on an audio platform it's it's unique and only covid would kind of be a time to deliver a product that's kind of audio and and doesn't need you to be in a room in a location or or necessarily have a video on so you know great things come come out of crisis um i think clubhouse will be one of those things that turns out to be in an iconic platform to deliver amazing content and, and create change. That's wonderful. And I just wanted to share, like uh, right now, it's so beautiful to have that accessibility and, and so much free information and opportunity to learn from people that in past might be untouchable, hard to travel to and see or engage or, or get a tickets to. But right now you are also disrupting the way, not only we're dissecting and getting that information, but also by sharing the real life examples. But I'm sure all of this is because of that of knowledge you have. Do you mind sharing with the audience how did you start it? Because to be where you are today and just to have this ease about you, how you transition from one pain point into something that is even better, uh, to requires muscles, requires so much endurance and obviously skill set that you mastered over the years. To align with the best, you have to be the best yourself. So any background of early beginnings and pain points, how did you arrive where you are today that can help people to give some hope and glimpse of what's possible? Yeah, look, I appreciate that. You I mean, um, I, I hope that by the end of this talk, most people will 
will, will get a sense that I wasn't born with any kind of special um, advancement than anybody else. Um, you know, when I left school, I was not a very intelligent by school standard. Um, you know, I was never going to go get into college. I was never going to go become someone of a professional in the, you know, in the, in the world as, as an expert like that. So I had to get out and start learning how to influence and persuade. And, you know, some people call that selling. Um, I like to call it influencing and persuading. But for me, I had to start honing my skills on being able to communicate, being able to articulate, being able to persuade and influence someone positively to do business, to sell, to do things, to either advance myself as a career or advance the products or services that I was selling. So, you know, I'm the product of a 21 year journey. You know, this doesn't happen overnight. You know, it, it takes time, energy and effort. And I went to my first seminar 18 years ago and it changed my life. I had somebody on stage look at me going, you can be whoever you want to be. I don't care your circumstances. I don't care what you've come through. I don't care the story. And, and it's not to diminish someone's story or where they came from, but it's proof that through education and personal growth, you can be on the same platform as those professionals that we all wanted to be like or, or, yes. or those iconic people we wanted to be. I remember my first mentor, you know, taught me and said, if you understand how to continue to learn and grow yourself and how to become better every day, you can live on the same streets as the most iconic doctors, um, lawyers, professionals, and you too could be successful, right? So I just went in and started really delving deep into learning uh, A, who I was, what's important to me, what I'm passionate about. And to be honest, it's been an 18 year journey of learning every single day. And look, wow. you know, it sounds like, you know, I, you know, you know, learning doesn't stop. We know that. But but I have diligently spent the first decade of that spending an hour a day trying to become better. Since that first decade and now into this second decade of it, I spend two hours a day working on me because I saw a shift of what I could achieve in an hour every day. And when I started to focus on compounding that and doubling that to two hours, I have an even greater um, level of learning um, and it just compounded. So I'm a product of my dedication to becoming better every day. Um, and I think that's an important lesson and it doesn't happen overnight. I am 21 years into my business journey, 18 years into my educational and personal growth journey. And when you dedicate your life to something like that over a long period of time, it is really, really, really hard not to become good. Yes. You know, it, it really is hard. You I mean, I don't care who you are. You study for two hours a day for a decade. You're going to become between good and great. I don't care what anyone says. Right. So that's probably been some of the lessons. Now, for, for me, there's been some humbling lessons. Let's be really clear. You just mentioned in there that I've started nine businesses. I've had many, many business failures. I've had many humbling experiences. I've had many situations in my life where it got me to really take stock of what's important to me, who I need to become. And what I found over the time is 
that I've really started to diminish the personal goals that I want to achieve. Now, before I lose some of the audience here, I just want to explain this, right? I think the entrepreneurial journey, we start out in a phase of going, I know what I don't want. I don't want to work for that person. I don't want to live there. I don't want to be in a relationship or have that kind of friendship. You move through that and you get to a point where you go, well, I've, I've achieved that. I've got away from my circumstances. And yeah, now yeah. I want to actually put my attention on stuff that I'd love to have and things I'd love to acquire, whether it's a house, a car, a watch, you know, a holiday, whatever it may be. And then I think you get to a point where you come through that and you experience some great stuff and it really is just stuff. And then you start to put your focus on, you know, what, what do I want to be known for? What do, what do I want to have an impact on? So for me, I'm at the phase now where I don't write goals for stuff I want. I write goals for who I want to become in my mission, right? Wow, that is a huge distinction. I, I, I think so. I, I hope so. And I hope people understand where I'm coming from. But, you know, I have a goal this decade of impacting a billion people. Now, my year two of that. Um, and it's a big, very big, audacious goal. But how can I sit here and write a goal to impact a billion and then write, plus I want to get a new BMW, right? It just doesn't, it doesn't compute for me. So, you know, this is my journey and my story and, and I'm in control of it. And I just can't write goals for stuff anymore. Um, but I appreciate people need to come through their journey, through their circumstances. And, and I'm just on a, on a greater mission than Michael Lane acquiring more stuff. So, you know, that's just kind of a, again, it's a 20 year journey. It doesn't happen. And, you know, in my thirties, it was like, how much cool shit can I get? Right. And, and, <laughs> and fun what... toys to play with and places to travel and enjoy myself. But that is also self-discovery process, isn't it? hundred percent. And you get it. And I love that you get it. And there's nothing wrong with being in that phase. So anyone listening going, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm working hard for this goal. Don't stop. But here's what's going to happen, right? is after I started achieving financial success, the things that I really wanted, that car, that house, that thing, were amazing in the moment. And even for the next three or four months, and I used to come out, the first nice car I got, I was like, this is the best experience ever. I love the feeling I get from this, right? Yes. But then in, when I walk into my garage and I get in my car in the third or fourth month, that happiness diminishes yes and I start to go all right I've just got to get in the car and go drive now do you mean it I don't sit there and in awe and appreciation and you get familiar and accustomed to those kind of things but then the happiness dissipates and here's the key for me when I realized when I could see the look on someone's face when they used to come to my events or they were impacted and it made a real difference in their life Mm. that happiness lasted longer for me. Yes. I still get goosebumps right now thinking about people who have come up to me and say, you don't understand why I went to one of your events and, and it's not me. It's like they were listening to a speaker, right? And they're like, that thing changed the trajectory of my life. That still has an effect today. That's a yes. longer lasting happiness for me. So I went, hold up. How can I get more of that? And it's like a drug. It's like, I want to get more of that feeling. And it's, 
it's a personal thing. It's like, I want to feel that happiness more often. So for me, I want to put my attention on feeling happiness like that for a longer period of time and getting a greater ROI on it. So for me, it's, you know, that's kind of the best way for me to describe it. I want to continue helping people because I, you know, you know, altruistically want more happiness myself. So I think that's an important lesson. Wow, you shared so many great golden nuggets here and so much wisdom and, and thank you for doing so. Um, if you don't mind, we're just going to back, back up for a second for things yeah. you shared. Who inspired you the most? reason why I'm saying because having this decade of such a hard work and learning and I'm curious from who you were learning, who helped you to get that amazing foundation? And of course, now to your goal of billion people impact, which actually I have a very ballsy goal by myself. And I was like, how, and guts is like, I know I can't do it by myself, but I know that I can align with people who share the vision. And that's the beauty about it. So if you don't mind, so we can really look at both sides of the spectrum because you don't just wake up and say, this is what I want to do because you're already in that space and you know you can make it happen. So do you mind please sharing that? Absolutely. So again, it's an evolution over two decades. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just come. But at some point in your life, you're going to have an epiphany. Mm-hmm. And the epiphany is going to be the thing that changes your life, right? So anyone listening right now, you've had times, experiences, moments in your life where you've sat down and it's like, <gasps> oh my gosh, I need to do this now, I need to do that, or I need to do something like that. For me, I had a big epiphany that these are the things that I need to keep changing, right? And, and we have a lot of mentors and coaches and a lot of people yeah. who can guide us in the right way, but you really don't make a change until you have the epiphany yourself. Because yeah. people can tell us several times, you know, this, 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 this. But until we go, oh my gosh, I see it now. I feel it. I understand it. You have that that moment where you move, right? So I've had many, many moments of that. There's a couple that are very significant for me. Back in my 20s, I had a mentor called Dr. John D. Martini. Um, ah, very familiar with him. Yeah. Yeah. So Dr. John was amazing. I traveled the world with him, um, you know, and and was around him for a long time. And changed the perspective for me and changed my philosophy on many, many things. The second big, big, big uh, influencer for me would have been Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and I say that because we all know the work Tony does, and that is amazing. But there is something that happened backstage in an event where it was me and other people, it wasn't just me, but he was talking about at some point in your life, you need to start to look at taking your attention, your goals, and your focus off you and putting your attention on changing humanity. Yes. I was like, damn, okay, hold on. (laughs) I've been building the lane journey here and story. Hold on. and you know, new goals right new perspective i'm like scratch all this let me start from blank slate <laughs> yeah and he's like michael what you I mean that's great and, you know i know you want to do some stuff but what's the plan for humanity and i'm uh-huh. like damn hold on i thought here i am late 20s you know successful business doing well and then i'm like huh there's another gear here there's another level right so that changed everything for me and it and it rattled through my head for two years before I had the real 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 epiphany because here's the thing sometimes there'll be people coming to your life who give you something 
where it's like, damn, that's great. But you don't move. You don't take that action. You don't take that next step. It took two more years for me to go, hold on, what am I doing? I'm passionate about this, but I'm not obsessed about it. I'm passionate about helping people, but I'm not obsessed about it. And, and for people listening, you can have a healthy obsession. You know, obsession gets a bad rap. It gets this kind of like, True. you be obsessive. And I was like, well, you do when it comes to your goals and your dreams, right? So, you know, they're the two major mentors. Now, let's be really, really clear. I've had dozens of mentors who have played a huge role or even a small role that changes the trajectory of who I am and of what I want to achieve. So they're the two majors who course corrected me, who I think changed, you know, who I've got to constantly give praise to because without them, um, who knows where I would be. Wow. Thank you again for sharing that and, and looking work of those amazing, uh, successful uh, men and, and seeing uh, byproducts of their influence and seeing that consistency because uh, how many billionaires and how many successful multimillionaires continue not only to preserve the wealth, but continue to make a righteousness and decisions and build upon that foundation, not just to acquire more wealth, but to create a more impact. And, and, and that's why I'm so blown away also with your passion and how many joint ventures you are part of and how many people are benefiting as a result of your wisdom and knowing how and how much that creates not only sustainability and social level, but economical level and, and how that builds and crosses the borders around the world. And to me, that is already legacy and so on. I feel like you already reached so much with that. And again, thank you for sharing who were instrumental for you because people don't realize, but they always see where you're at right now. They don't understand the process, the journey, the work, uh, building that muscle and, and, and that there was no silver bullet. It's not just because you have association with big name that all of a sudden you success story that doesn't work that way. No, it so just with doesn't that in, work. <laughs> so and with that in mind, do you mind sharing um, obviously, you have very a big goal of reaching out and impacting one billion over one billion people. So, do you mind sharing in which way and how you envision in doing that, and who are you collaborating to make that happen? Yeah, it's a great question. Thank you for for asking because not too many people actually ask me, well, how are you going to actually do that? They just go, wow, that's great. So, it's very, very strategic uh, and it's very, very deliberate. Um, you know. With what we've done so far, we've impacted 12 million. I'm very proud of that. It's a great number. And, and I still get the goosebumps when you know one person comes up. So, so to know that I've had an influence around 12 is, is cool, but there's a big jump here. So there's a big yes. jump. Big stretch, big stretch, yes. Big stretch, right? So how do you do that? So here's what I do. I break it down. And this decade, it's you know at the end of this decade, I hope to have impacted a billion people. Then you got to reverse engineer back and go, well, how many do I need to do every single year? Right? How many, you know, people do I need to impact in 2021? And, and, and you do this. Now, it's not as easy as just going a billion, 10 years, divide that by 10. It doesn't work like that. I wish it did. But, sure. you know, the more you go on and the more you start to build systems and processes and, and, and models, you, you're going to impact more, hopefully, the further you go in. So, Jimmy, this year, 
is very much around building on the foundation that we created last year. So to give you an idea, pre-COVID, I was having about 300 to 350,000 people come to our live events. Now, with that, sounds like a lot, but you're not going to get to a billion that way, right? So this COVID world has created an opportunity for me to go, huh, I can't do live events anymore. I can do virtual events. And to be honest, on virtual events, I can impact so many more people than I can live. Even yes. with doing 500 events in 37 countries, I would never have got there. And my goal would never have been achieved. So this is the crazy thing, right? Sometimes we create circumstances to help us on our goal, but it looks like it's a challenge or an, or a, or a, um, an opportunity that we're not gonna get there. When I first experienced COVID, I'm like, how am I gonna fulfill my mission now? But you know what? Pivoting, moving forward, I have a greater opportunity today than I did when we're at the heights of what we were doing. So you've got to first understand that there's got to be a sense of blessing and relief that the universe is showing up for you when it sometimes doesn't look like or feel yeah. like it's showing up for you, right? So yes. here we are. This year, I hope to impact about 2.6 million people. Now, again, doesn't sound a lot of people. Doesn't sound like much when you have a billion, but the plan is continuing to build systems and processes in this virtual world. And I'm happy and grateful with 2.6 compared to the 300 odd I used to do. Mm -hmm. But now, and for 2022, 23, 24, I have some very big collaborations coming up. People who have 100 million on social media, celebrities that you know of and and yeah. love and follow. So here's the plan. This year, getting really, really, really clear on the process, the systems, the, the, um, the, uh, the, the, the technology to be able to do this. And then next year, some of those collaborations will drop in. I don't want to do it this year because I'm only nine months into this virtual world. I want to make sure I've got my systems, processes, yeah. and everything down pat, right? So I'm giving you very detailed answer here, and I apologize if I'm going too no, 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 that is perfect because a lot of people don't connect how do you actually actualize the goal and how you break it down. And, and for someone who already been there so many times, you have that, that's your DNA, that's your blueprint you, that you know that works. So that is actually very, very helpful. And I can totally understand, like we've seen the clubhouse, they started with very small group of people, tested market, and then within you know, from 2 million, they jumped to 8 million in such a short period of time, less than a month. They had a glitches, they crashed. They had all kinds of scenarios going on. But I totally understand when you bring the, the level of celebrity and credibility, you don't want to have any of those issues. You want to be able to just add and expand and keep going and, and multiply. So I agree with you. It's not about breaking down and what each year, what each day, because goals don't necessarily work because you're building that momentum and trajectory and, and unforeseen forces because you don't have no idea who else will join you. You don't have no idea who else has a similar goal and objective and will come to also expand upon that. So it is phenomenal. So Right. So I'm, I'm glad you get it, right? And, and hopefully the audience can understand that you know, this, you, you can't just, you're building any business. I don't care if you're going to impact a billion or you want to, you know, create something for and, and generate $100,000. There's got to be steps, stages, processes, systems. And here's the last one I haven't really touched on. You need to have an amazing team 
who just understand yes. vision, right? Yes. Let's be really, really clear. If it was just up to me, it would never, ever, ever happen, right? It takes a huge team. It takes people who understand the mission, the vision, the purpose, the business plan. They understand where we're going and what it's going to take. So, you know, I, I have a very detailed plan for the next decade and it's slow and steady and it's going to be like this and then it's going to continue to ramp up, right? So I'm under no illusion that I'm going to impact in the vicinity of 2% of my goal this year. That's it. 2%. There, you know, um, sorry, 0.2%. 2 million of a billion. 0.2%. Think about that, right? Um, 0.2% of my goal, I'll be very, very happy with this year. But then as that ramps up, I feel like what we're building can scale quickly. So sometimes we write goals and go, oh, you know, I want this goal by this time and this time. Imagine you had a goal to impact, you know, whatever it is for you, make a hundred grand, make it this, and you are on track to do 0.2% of that this year and you're happy right? That's kind of the state I'm in. But I do know that that 0.2%, if I tick off this year, will celebrate that. But then I know I can yes. ramp it up pretty quickly. So, you know, I appreciate you asking me this. I don't really articulate this much um, more to my team, but, you know, people don't really ask me the detail of it. And let's be really clear for you to create anything of substantial value. There is so much time, energy, planning, you know, building, scheming, coming up with ideas, and, um, you know, most people see a 0.2% target and think, why would you even do that? But, yeah. but again, that's how dedicated I am to my target. That is brilliant. And I'm so glad to, uh, to see that too, because a lot of times people put also very artificial goals and they expect it quick success and quick wins. They get impatient and they fluster and frustrated, not just themselves, but everybody else and their team. And as a result, it creates more friction and you don't create the harmony because also you have to have a very good harmony. I'm so glad you touched on culture. But one thing I want to say, you forget, and it's about leadership too, because if you're not the leader that is so open, collaborative, easygoing, and don't have that amazing reputation, things will not happen as, as seamless as they're happening. And I just want to also kudos you for that, because right now we have that biggest deficit of leaders and leadership, leaders that demonstrate daily who matters to them and how they um, walk the talk. And, and that is also huge, huge difference. So I just wanted to point out, um, thank you for touching the culture. Of course, that is the leadership piece, but I just wanna say, I wanna um, make sure that you recognize how much and how big role you play. And I'm sure your team can echo that and, and people that are working with you. So if that, with that in mind, Michael, as I'm listening, do you mind sharing? I mean, how do you do this so many magnitude of joint ventures? How do you even possibly can manage such a large portfolios? What do you invest in and what do you see for the future so that people that are also trying to figure it out, do I have a good product? Do I have a good service? Do I have a good idea? How can I benefit from people that I can be worthy of pitching or sharing my my next big huge project that I wanted to do or anything that you can help people to start being having more confidence in themselves and understand what that process looks like. I think that will be tremendously helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I realized in my very first business at the age of 19 that I was not really the creative type to build a product or service. Um, I just loved collaborating with people who had a product and an audience who needed that product. 
So whether you call it a broker or a middleman or a partner, however you want to call it, the things that worked well for me was doing joint ventures and collaborations. And, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a skill set that is, is very easy to learn, very easy to gain a lot of value, very easy to add a lot of value, right? So, you know, I, I have done a number of joint ventures, over 560 joint ventures. Um, wow, that is blowing my mind. <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's a lot, and I document this kind of stuff, um, not from an egotistical point of view, but more to go, well, what sectors have I been in? What, diff, what collaborations have I done? What's worked well and what hasn't? So, you know, people yes. think I'm crazy, but I document all my failures. I don't document my wins. If I, if I have a win, I know about it and I feel it. But what happens when I lost? What happens when that didn't go well? Sit down and, and close the gap on that. Figure out what did I do wrong? Where did I stuff that up? So I document those kind of things. Um, I really believe there's nothing wrong with failure. I think failure is an important component of success. Um, but I believe if you're failing twice in the same area, there's something wrong. You, you can't be failing several times in the same kind of thing that's not going to get you and serve you so you know for anyone listening joint ventures is a an amazing art of collaborating with people and bringing value to you know uh, a sector a business a team an environment a community so right now i do i i just think it's the greatest way um from a no money down or a little money down to be able to go in and and make a difference. Here's the thing, I did a clubhouse yesterday and it was, if you lost everything and you had $100 to your name, how would you bounce back? And what I said on the, on the show was, I would wow. do joint ventures. I would do joint ventures, right? I, I would go find an area that I'm passionate about and I'd find some product or service that I think is amazing. I would knock on the door of whoever is doing it to a level that I think is amazing. And I would say, hey, how much money could you give me if I bring you an audience who want your product? Is it 5%, 10%, is it 50%, whatever it is. And then I would do a deal and go, well, how can I go use this product or service and get an audience to use it? And I take a clip of that, right? So for me, I'm just built that way. I love collaborating. I don't like starting my own products. I don't like you know, you know, think of the business that I, I have right now. I do not do any speaking on stage. I do no training, no education. I do some podcasts and some clubhouse and some content for my community, but I never monetize it myself. I find the world's best and I find an audience who wants them and I put it together and mm -hmm. I take a piece of that. So that's a joint venture. That's what I would say. Everybody listening to this needs to go away find two hours this weekend and go, well, we've got our product or service and that's great. But this Michael guy with the strange accent from Australia is saying, how many more revenue streams could you be adding through collaborations and joint ventures? Yeah. Right? So for, for me, um, it's just been a business mechanism that has really worked for my personality, for what I want to achieve. I could never partner. I could never be the next Tony Robbins. I just couldn't be, right? But I've done business with him and we've generated $800 million impacting the world. Wow. So I'm like, how can a guy with a funny accent from Sydney partner with someone like that through joint ventures? That's the only way I could never 
be a Tony Robbins, right? So, you know, if you're listening to this and you've got a product or service, you've got, a, you've got revenue streams, you've got your product lines, think about it. how could your service, your product, tap into other people who have a community and how you can do more deals with them. Um, joint ventures has changed my life. And, um, you know, like I said, yes, in the clubhouse, if I lost everything tomorrow, I'd be confident I could get back to pretty much where I am within a two year period by doing joint ventures as my strategy. Wow, that is amazing. That is amazing. And if you don't mind, and, and I love what you said, you cannot be my, uh, Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins only can be Tony Robbins, but you can be exceptional, Michael Lane, and you already are. So that's the beauty too, that every single one of us have a gift that we absolutely excel, and you have tremendous gift that you excel in. So do you mind now expand just a little bit more about the joint ventures in, in climate that we're in, obviously, not only joint venture expedite things, right? And they can help to solve the problem and can be financially win-win and rewarding for everybody involved. But they're also, as you said, you don't have to start all creating the business starting from scratch and waiting for build-up to happen. You're already getting companies that are already on the pivotal moment when they need to grow and take them to the next level. And to do that and recognize what is going on right now on global scale, obviously, um, it, it requires understanding the business. And do you mind sharing just from your perspective where you are down, in, down under in Australia, you obviously look in the global landscape and what do you see and what do you see coming in months and years to come? Uh, if you don't mind just kind of giving the audience a little bit of sense of where we're headed and where do you see the needle moving so that they can start thinking and opening their minds towards that change? Yeah, well, well, the first part of that question, I would actually direct people probably to my Instagram and to my, my link tree. I put together a 49-page playbook about all areas of joint ventures. Um, it's completely free. I have nothing to sell at the back end of it. It's just all of my knowledge and, and a couple of billion dollars worth of successful joint ventures oh in goodness. there for people to extract and understand it completely free. It's all there. I'd love for everyone to learn this because I put it together, not to monetize. I mean, there's no course at the end of it. There's no nothing. It's just, I want people to understand that you can truly impact the world by thinking a little bit creatively and differently. You know I mean? I have joint ventures now where they're just, they're just joint ventures and we, we split revenues. We, we take commissions and then I've got, you know, equity partnerships that have come out of these kind of things. So there's, there's many varying degrees of how you should set up your joint venture. So that's why I want to direct people to that. Fantastic. Because if I had to go through, you know, there's so many ways to structure a deal. There's so many ways to do it. One size does not fit all. So read that. People are really interested because um, I think it will help people understand that. To answer your question, joint ventures are one of the most iconic strategies for the biggest companies on the planet, right? Here's a really, really simple one that people should understand is that when you go into your McDonald's restaurant and you buy a Happy Meal and you get a toy in that Happy Meal and it's of the latest movie from Disney or Pixar or somewhere, that's a joint venture at play. Yes, right? it's, absolutely. It, it's, you know, th th there's no mistake here. You've got two very successful companies who are going, you know what? Let's collaborate and joint venture together. There's no equity relationship. It's purely a, a plan that's put in place to promote and influence the audience to go down a certain path. Because 
when they get, and that kid gets that toy of whatever that Disney character is, they go, mom, 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 let's go and watch this movie. Let's go watch this movie, right? So there's a collaboration happening everywhere and you can see them everywhere. I would suggest the next real superpowers are the big companies on the planet collaborating even more. I think we've come through this real commercial age where we do this and we don't look at our competitors. We don't do things with our competitors. You know, why not collaborate with other huge iconic companies to make a change? You know, you know, we, we have some of the biggest companies on the planet right now would be Apple and Netflix, right? Yeah. Why wouldn't Apple and Netflix do something together? Yes. That's, that's just the way my mind thinks. I'm like, think of the billions of users that have an iPhone. Yes. Think of the hundreds of millions of subscribers that have Netflix. If those two were to come together and do a joint venture, you know, they don't need to go have a marketing plan. They would have a marketing plan, but there is enough value there to change the world in that space. So to answer your question, I believe how this planet can evolve is by the most iconic companies coming together, collaborating, doing joint ventures for good to make big changes, right? So for people listening, after I tick off this billion, impact a billion people through, through education, I want to use my superpowers that I've learned over the last two decades to help facilitate joint ventures to change the world. There are some iconic companies that could be collaborating in other areas and reduce climate change. There's, there's, there's ways to you know, stop pollution. There's ways to eradicate plastic. Why are we still using plastic? Yes. Right? yes. So if, if, if there's a real mission here that's bigger than me, what difference can I make when I've done the collaborations at a smaller level? There's no difference between me and Tony Robbins collaborating and impacting 2.5 million people's lives and generating 800 million. Why can't I do that and facilitate two iconic companies eradicating some challenge that the world has? So I, I just feel there's so much more we can do. And I love you talked about leadership earlier. And I'm passionate about leadership. I'm not that passionate about entrepreneurship, right? So here's the thing, and people listening, the world doesn't need more entrepreneurs. The world needs more leaders. Yes. Everyone can be a leader. Not yeah. everyone can be an entrepreneur. Yes. Everyone listening to this can go home and lead their family first. Imagine what would happen in your household, anyone listening to this, if you led with compassion and certainty and power and, and positivity, what difference would that make in your home? then you can start to make a bigger difference, right? But the world doesn't need more entrepreneurs coming up and, and starting new businesses like this. Let's, let's find more leaders. So for me, I get a little bit passionate about this stuff and I hope um, it's coming through authentically, but um, I just think- it is. And you're on the Legacy Leader Show, so please, music to my ears and my audience, please. I appreciate you saying that, but for me, you know, I wasn't here to write a goal for a BMW. I just wasn't. And I realized that early, I'm here to make a bigger difference. And uh, I'm blessed to have health and, and, and happiness in my life. And why, why can't I go do that? So that's what I'm passionate about. That's what I think the world needs to do. I think then, you know, we don't need to create 
billion dollar or trillion dollar corporations, you know, they should have the 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 charter to now and the and the the opportunity to change the world. And I believe I can broker those and bring them together for huge change. That's just what I feel I can do. That is beautiful. And that's brilliant to so many levels because you're already obviously doing so much for so many people. And also you're having great family. I, I checked your, your, I've seen your Instagram, your sons and just a beautiful balance, how you still is a father and husband and have a time to have a quality time and still show up for everybody else that you're serving. And thank you so much for referencing on the playbook uh, that I will ref send everybody to go and download, including myself. So that is amazing, tremendous research and thank you again that just shows your level of leadership and who you are and how truly unselfishly you're giving and with that in mind I mean you've been already you have amazing legacies it is right you've been in so many places and I'm just curious what's on the bucket list for you beside obviously impacting one billion people that is already done right I'm joking but I'm, I we already see that's going to happen and I already see the pull and energy and force but beside that what else would you say I would love to accomplish on top of that or 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 I did not do this yet. And I think it will be great, great thing to do. So what that could be possibly? Yeah, look, um, a lot more philanthropic work. Um, again, I want to use my superpowers to, you know, help change some stuff um, around charities. Uh, I still think, you know, um, there's a lot of people who use charity to profit. And I think, yes, and yeah. I, and I, uh, I just a horrible I, I, way, horrible, horrible way to do that. And we've seen way too much and too many organizations that are abusing when we see the evidence of hunger and evidence of poverty, impoverishment and everything else. Yes. Yeah. So I feel I can, I can make some significant changes in that area as well. Um, I, I just think, um, you know, there's too many prof, too many, um, you know, charities who are donating 20, 30% of the money they they generate and the rest gets caught up in fees and administration and those kind of things. I think that's just horrible. So, um, you know, I, after 50, after I tick off that other goal, I want to do a lot more around charity. Um, again, I've had the, the I suppose, the, the blessing of impacting some people through some charity stuff. Again, I, I get the goosebump test and that for me is the, is the thing that I know I'm on the right path. Um, so look, I think there's, there's stuff we can do uh, for our planet. And I think there's a lot of stuff I can do from a charity perspective. And I have no interest in donating money to somebody who doesn't know how to manage it. And doesn't I know. cannot agree more because you know they're going to ruin, they're going to spend it. And on the end of the day, all the labor, hard work you put in, it's going to be gone. And, and, and we have to teach people how to fish versus to give them the fish, right? And I think some, so many people need that. And so many need actual knowledge from people like yourself that have been there, done that, versus theoretical stuff that truly are not a practical and they're not giving it results. And, and how do you replicate results? You want to replicate for people that already done it and they know how to share and elaborate and understand, as you said, I'm learning from my failures. That is so rich, uh, Michael, because how many people with your tenure and experience do still step back and analyze that and dissect and use that to pivot? That is insanely important. So, sorry, I just wanted to share that. No, I appreciate you doing that, but you know, um... There's a lot of things I still want to accomplish. There's, there's so much. I want to be a better father. I want to be a more present father. I want, I want, a, I want a better golf game. 
Do you mean I want to, there's, there's yeah. so much I, I want. That's also just for me as well. Do you mean, um, you know, it's not all about changing the world and solving the planet and that's cool, but you've got to have some, you got to have some goals for yourself as well. And, and, yes. and um, you know, for me, uh, being a better father, a better husband is important. It's super important. So there's so much more I've got to do. I'm 41. Um, I believe and I love that, you know, I've, I've got a good partnership with Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V, if people know of him. And he kind of says this philosophy of just understand what quarter of the game are you in right now? For example, you know, if you're in your 20s, you're probably in quarter one of your game. Yeah. I mean, what quarter are you in? We're all trying to win the game, but we might only be in quarter one. You can't win a basketball game in, in the first quarter right? But you can lose the game in the first quarter, yeah. right? So for me, I'm not even at half time yet. Um, <laughs> and we've got some good, a good score on the board. Um, but there's a long game to go. Um, I'm not trying to rush it. I'm trying to get to 94 years old. That's, that's my goal. And there's a lot more I want to do in that second half of my journey. So right now, it's all about my leadership entrepreneur uh, sorry leadership um, apprenticeship i believe i'm still learning i believe i'm still on my apprenticeship when it comes to entrepreneurship leadership um all those things so hopefully by the time i get into my third or fourth quarter i can continue to make a you know a significant impact wow and you Thank you again for disclosing that, but also sharing your age, because for someone who is 41 years old and how much you already accomplished when we look at trajectory of famous people that you also work with and partner with, so many of them came very late in the game with their successes. So you're able to not only pivot and learn early and double down, and then just keep repeating, obviously, for things that are working. So I just want to say tremendous success for somebody who uh, is only 41 years old. So kudos. Thank you. So with that in mind, do you mind just uh, we closing as we're getting close to the top of our and I know you're a very busy man. So I can't again distress how grateful I'm for this time with you. What would you like to be remembered by? What would you like to be your legacy? Because from legacy standpoint, we have so many different ways how people interpret legacy and how they think about it. And I would love to hear your take on please. Yeah, look, many, many things come up when you say that. I'm, again, I'm going to bring in my mentor or my mentee um, to my one of my mentors was the seven areas of life. You know, um, I have different mentors for different areas in my life. Um, I have different accomplishments and things I want for different areas of my life. Um, you know, in my career, business, right now it's to impact a billion people uh in my family it's to be a better husband and a better father um then not one is bigger than the other they are equal to me right so every day i've got to make i've got to become better at, at both of those equally so for me um i want to be remembered for many different areas i don't want to be remembered for one thing there's nothing worse than you hear of that person who who does amazing things, but they lost their family yes. in the, in, on the journey because they weren't present. They weren't at home. They weren't, they were just on one charter. For me, I need to have an holistic um, legacy to my life. No point dying because I don't have health. 
and I leave all of this other stuff, you know, to, to fall on its own. So I, I really take a holistic approach. Um, they're all as equal as the others, although some have a greater perceived value. Um, so for look, you know, if I look back, um, I would love, and this is a great way that I look at it. I love my kids to mm -hmm. take over a lot of what I create, not necessarily in, in, in all areas, but I want my kids to kind of give something so they can hold on to and continue to impact. Um, if you don't have something for your kids to impact when you leave, there is no, you know, legacy there. So for mm -hmm. me, it's, a, it's a, you know, I, I put a lot of yes. onus on myself to be at a benchmark that when I do leave, I've created enough value that my family would want to take that over, right? Um, so um, I don't have some grandiose plan for a statue or anything like that. It's just like <laughs> black on the building or the bench or the name of the street. Like so many yeah. people have this egocentric driven type of, of legacy. That's the reason I said it's a very different for different people, but it's so beautiful to hear how that is, again, as you said, holistic and, and, and it's so important to not be self-sacrificing, but actually also be healthy and in-given in the process of growth. That's beautiful. Yeah, so that's kind of my benchmark is that if my, my family feel like this is something that needs to continue, then yeah. I've done my job, right? Yeah. Let's, let's be honest. Um, if there's nothing of value to continue, what did I create? So, yeah. I, you know, so for me, that's kind of just the way I look at it. Um, I, I want my family to go, we have to fulfill this. We have to continue this. It's too important not to. So that's kind of my legacy and my benchmark for who I have to become to, to have something of value to give back. Brilliant. Brilliant. And anything else you want to share in closing? No, I, I want to say thank you to you. Um, this is exactly where I need to be right now in this moment. This is the most important thing out of all areas of my life, because I know that if I can help you help impact your audience, um, then they might take that leadership component I talked about earlier and go, you know what? I'm going to be a better husband, better father, better wife, better leader. And I'm going to start to look at impacting the proximity that I have. And again, my thing is, I really think the world needs more leaders right now, not global world leaders, authentic <laughs> yes. leaders. And that starts, yes. that's what and starts. leaders that lead from hearts, right? That's it. So that starts at home. It starts with you and I today and your audience today. And if we, if we all do that and then we start to grow that sphere of who we can influence, um, imagine what the world would look like if everybody led with authentic, um, you know, uh, leadership and um, and I think that's important so I want to thank you for having me and inviting me and putting a platform together so that I can hopefully share a few things that help people today thank you so much Michael I again appreciate your time I know it's extremely valuable and it's been an absolute honor and pleasure speaking with you today my pleasure thank you thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show if you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience then please leave us a positive rating in addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.